Hello everyone, uh, I hope you're all doing okay in these difficult times. Um, I hope you're all keeping safe and, and as healthy as is possible. Uh, and I also hope that this week's episode is going to bring some respite and a little bit of enjoyment to your life um, through what is a difficult period for everyone. Uh, Jimmy Reed and Paul Marshall are a bit of a double act these days. They spend a lot of time in each other's company, they're on the phone to each other most days. Um, but they've had uh, probably 40 years collective together in, in non-league football as managers um, and they have been the best of enemies at times in opposite dugouts. Uh, they have been joint managers, they were, they were at Ghoul together um, when I was their skipper um, and I've known them both for an awful long time. Um, Marshy particularly has had incredible success, he's probably one of the most successful step five managers ever I would take a guess at. Um, and uh, they've, they've both put together some incredible football teams over the years. Uh, I make no uh, apology for the fact that uh, this episode will be part discussion on football and um, concepts and, and kind of management in football and part pub talk, um, to be quite frank, and, and some kind of um, uh, misty-eyed kind of reminiscing on, on, on the good old days. Um, these guys are, for me, what make football. These are the types of people that, that made me love my time in football and have made me really enjoy certainly playing as a player. Um, and they're both great human beings. Um, I, I'm, I'm just such a big fan of the pair of them and I'm pretty sure a lot of people who tune into this are going to feel the same about them. Um, so, slightly different episode this one. Um, like I say, touching on some, 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 really, you know, some really high level stuff and some really good quality kind of management. Um, insight, um, but also some some discussions around um, you know the the good old days, and uh, I make no apologies for it. So I hope you all enjoy it. So welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, I'm delighted to have Jimmy Reed and Paul Marshall on the show. Welcome to the show, gents. Good evening. Good to see you both. Good to see you both. Nice to see you with a beer in your hand, Marshy. You look comfortable as usual. Always. Good work. Good, good work, pal. Me, me and Jimmy are going to be thirsty. <laughs> well, should always be prepared, Kevin. Should always be prepared. Boy Scout. I've got, I've got some salad on the side here. I'm nibbling at. <laughs> <laughs> right, gents, we're going to get straight into it. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. So, Jimmy, I'm going to come to you first. Who's your favourite player ever and why? Best. Who? Georgie Best. Georgie Best. Why? Georgie. What a good player, what a good fella, good header, left foot, right foot, right foot, could take a tackle, got stuck in and a wee bit of nastiness about him. Yeah, obviously like I never saw him live, but yeah. Yeah, I did see him live, I did see him live when I was about 12, I seen him playing Man United v Everton. Yeah. All for a treat. That must have been I just think boys like that and Greavesy and people of like that era, I think they played today in this, these pitches with the balls and the fitness. Yeah. They'd be worth, what would they be worth? Yeah. Merely yeah. 200 million. Great shout. Great shout. Great shout. Okay. Favourite team ever, Jimmy? I'll come to you in a minute, Marshy. All right, Matt. Glasgow Rangers. Glasgow Rangers, which, what, what, what vintage? Uh, well, I was growing up, I watched them, obviously growing up with them, and I watched them for years. I went, I went myself and watched for maybe three years, four years before yeah. I started playing football in the afternoon. Yeah, big big sort of thing with that, enjoyed it, going into the different stadium now, obviously, with a new, bit of good stadium, but 
It used to be a bit of a shit all like they all did. Yeah, and what, and what sort of was were Rangers the best team in Scotland at the time? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, it was it was nipping. It was before Celtic got in with the nine in the rows and that, and it was a wee bit nipping top. But there was never anybody winning the league four years in the trot. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And 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 decent teams, like really good, like compared to like modern day teams or compared yeah. to the Sunes years. Yeah, when you, when you look at all the players in Scotland sent in England during the years, there's a lot of good players staying at home as well. Yeah. You know, a lot of good international stayed at home and played. There weren't as many, there was quite a lot coming into England, but there was a lot of decent players playing at Rangers a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah, nice one. Willie Johnson, you know, Celtic Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. Just on par with, with Jordy Best. Maybe just a wee bit lesser, but what a player he was. Yeah. Jimmy yeah. Johnson. Yeah, did some great players. You know, Colin Steen, Derek, Derek Johnson, John Gregg, yeah. Andy Penn. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice one. Okay, last question for you, Jimmy. There's a, there's a, this is a, um, a make-believe scenario. You've got the two, two best teams in the world, full of all the best players in the world, playing against each other, right? And you've got to pick a manager to win in a cup final, so to manage one of them teams and win in a 90-minute game, which manager, past or present, would you pick to get a result just in that 90 minutes? Not to build the team, not to coach them for years, not to build a, build a club, just to win that game. Uh, obviously, a bit nationalist, either Fergie yeah. or, Jock, or Jock Steen. Jock Steen. I don't, I don't really know that much about Jock Steen, to be fair. Obviously, everyone knows Sir Alex Ferguson, but was Jock Steen similar to Fergie? Well, Jock Steen was the Celtic manager that won the European Cup. Yeah, I mean, I know he is, but I don't know enough about how he worked and what type of fellow uh, he was. Yeah, a bit like different class, a wee bit ahead of his time and that, you know? Yeah. But that Celtic team they had, they were brilliant. I, I hate to say it, but they were brilliant. Right, yeah. That team that won the European Cup, everybody that played was within a 12-mile radius, the city, the city centre of Glasgow. That's all real. Apart from one, which was Bobby Lennox, who yeah. lived in the Ayrshire coast. Yeah. Now, that's never going to happen again. Well, I mean, the, the only thing that's anywhere near that is the class of 92 at Man United, isn't it? Yeah, but you've got to remember, they came from all over Britain to play at Man United. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Just Beckham was from South South. Glasgow City Centre, 12 miles. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unreal. Unreal. That's, uh, that's, that is when you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great example. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like no, 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 for sure. I'm sure. I agree. Right, Marcy, same question. So, favourite player ever and why? Uh, my all time favourite player was Kenny Dalglish. But yeah. the modern time all time best player is um obviously Steven Gerrard. So yeah. two Liverpool players, but I think both players uh, have been absolutely icons of the game. Uh, not just on the football side of it, but on the people side of it as well, especially uh Dalgleish. He's done so much for the for the community of Liverpool. So yeah. he just had everything did Dalgleish. He could he could control, he could tackle, he could find a pass. He was just brilliant, and Gerard could play in any position. You could play him left back, right back, centre back. Yeah. He would, he would be the best player on the field. 
Yeah. Edit, tackle, score, unbelievable goals. I've never seen Steven Gerrard's score so many good goals to win games of football. Yeah, and top one. If, if you ever wanted a leader to lead a team on, he was your man. Without yeah, for sure, for sure. And if you had to pick between the two, I think probably Steven Gerrard now because obviously I've I've watched him more and more. You, in the early days, in the seventies, when Dalglish was at his pump. Um, you probably didn't see as much of him on TV as you do Stephen Gerrard, but Stephen Gerrard, everybody's seen what he can do. We do, we, we only see small, yeah, uh, bits of, bits of yeah. yeah. So, but I think you know, a modern day player is Stephen Gerrard for definite. I'd love yeah. to have him in a team that I managed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, and so your favourite favourite team ever then, and why? <laughs> My favourite team is is Liverpool. You know, I started following them when I when I was probably about nine or ten when Leeds yeah. got beat by Chelsea in the FA Cup final when David Webb scored the goal in uh, the replay. Yeah. And I cried, sat there and cried my eyes out and said, "I'm not supporting them again." So I see <laughs> Leeds Leeds is still a favourite, a team that I want to see get promoted back into the uh, to the Premier League. But I chose Liverpool in 1971, 72, and. Yeah. And, and, and which team? Which, which which team would you say is your favourite eleven or whatever? You know, of of all the all the famous teams. Oh my gosh, the soon the Sunes era really. When yeah. Sunes, when Sunes was captain, you know, Lawrence and Hansen, Grobler in goal. You know, there were some absolute top players in that team, and that's oh. why you know they won the Champions League or European Cup as we remember it. Yeah. Um, four or five times. So yeah. Yeah, proper team. Agreed, agreed, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, and then, then the one about the manager. So, one-off game, best players in the world on both teams. You need to win a game in 90 minutes. So you've got to set them up to win in that one game. Well, I'm going to say Jose Mourinho. Yeah. I just think he knows how to win a game of football and to stop a, a team from winning a game of football. Yeah. And, I used to love him when he first came to England. I don't particularly like him now. I don't particularly like his style of football anymore. But for a one-off cup final, I would pick him. And obviously nowadays, you'd probably go for Pep Guardiola because he doesn't lose many finals. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good shout, good shout. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Mourinho is one that a lot of people say because of that one-off, that capability to go and get a result like he, he did with Inter Milan at Barcelona or Chelsea at Liverpool, for example. Those kind of big games, he just seems to seems to have the, the kind of Indian side over anyone, really, because he just sets them up tactically in a way that, you know, plays to, the, to his strengths and, and gets at the opposition. And, yeah, you've got to, got to give him credit for that. Yeah. OK, right. So that's the warm-up. Now I want to get into, I mean, look, there's so much we could talk about. And, I mean, uh, if we were sat in the Ainsley with a pint and a we, we, we well, we'd be there for, for a few pints, no doubt. But what, what I wanted to start off by asking you both was, um, you've both had long, long careers in the game, um, in management, seen so many teams and, and so many players. But you know, what, are the, what, would you, what are your favourite memories and what are the best teams that you've, you've looked after? Jimmy, I'll come to you first, pal. Um, I had a decent team at... New Ayrswick that we sort of built together, just the Yorkton district. Yeah. That I enjoyed as a manager and the coach. Enjoyed helping the kids out at under 16s. Yeah. On, on, on that New Ayrswick team, Jimmy, and just, yeah. just for people who are listening to this, that, that's, a, that's a Yorkton district team we played against a lot of 
top yeah. top semi-professional teams across the north of England. Yeah. And, and, and I remember them being successful and then obviously played with some of the lads who came out of that team. So, hell of a team. And I remember reading a lot about it first and then and then coming across the place. Yeah. Well, I, I went to Pickering after that, but I, they went on the 17s and I took them for another year. Yeah. And then I took a lot of them in Pickering, which were only 17-year-olds, and there was uh, Washi, Thomas, Mitchell, O'Reilly, Farthing. Yeah. And for these young boys to come out and play on a Saturday and get £30 in the back pocket for turning up and washing dishes at some pub for £10 a night, like, it was a, yeah. big, it was a big thing. And I took a lot of satisfaction out of that. Uh, in fact, I'm on commission and I've now got some bills with some of them. <laughs> uh, just, just worked out Danny Farley owes me 4,820 quid. <laughs> well, our, I mean, out of that team, they, they went on to play some places, mind, didn't they? I mean, you know, Father went on and Toshi went on and quite a few that went on to, you know, very close to professional football, didn't they? When we went to the under-19s, we played Donny Rovers, they were in it, and the little lad that was running it was Mickey, Mickey, I can't remember his second name, and they turned up at New Year's and they beat us 4-1 and ran us off the park. Yeah. But we went to, we went to Donny Rovers Park, which was, what was the old Donny Rovers? Bell Bellevue. Bellevue. Bellevue, and played them there in the night time. Yeah. And six of the players that played had played in the afternoon for the college, we call them, Colin Morris. Yeah. And we beat them 1-0. Liam Gray scored and Adam Mitchell saved the penalty. And this Mickey Green it was, I think it was, came off yeah. after and shook my hand and says, your boys did brilliant today. I thought they were really awesome. So it's very nice of you to say that, but there was six of them playing for college this afternoon. They wouldn't let them play two games in a day now, Jimmy. Well, and the funny thing about that game was, we'd never had any tops with us. And there, were, there was a colour clash. Yeah. And they gave us these new Asda tops, green, with white. <laughs> they were brand spanking new. Yeah. And we, we played and thanked them and left them. And I was off the following Monday. And I don't know why I thought of this, but I got a phone call, 01302, a Donny number. Yeah. I picked the phone up and it was the Donny manager. And I said, hello, Mickey, how are you doing? Oh, no bad, Jimmy. He says, um, I'm just wondering, he says, you've not put one of their number nine kits for that Asda, the brand new kit. I said, it's funny you should say that. I said, the girl just bought me and told me that there's a different kit in. Is it mine's? I said, look, I'll check it out and get it back to you. Anyway, gets team sheet out, number nine, Phil O'Reilly. <laughs> Where's that Asda ship? What do you mean? He says, I said, you got it in your bag and brought it home, didn't you? Well, I said, I know you did. I said, get it washed and down here as quick as you can. Anyway, I put him back. He says, oh, we found it. We'll send it down to you tomorrow. Ah. <laughs> big, big, big Phil might have stretched it out a bit, to be fair. <laughs> he could have played pro. Yeah, he's a hell of a player. Hell of a player he was. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so, so pick up, pick up, you know, that thing that went through. I say, Jimmy, that, that, that team that went through from New Year's week to Pickering, 
that was yeah. that was probably one of the best one of the best groups and one of the best sort of times you had in the game as a manager. Yeah, it was good because you took them from sort of kids football yeah. to the next level and, yeah. and they all did well. You know, Danny went on and played at Whitby for years. Yeah. Tosh did a couple of years at Whitby. Yeah. Um, Adam washed him well at Pickering and ended yeah. up at Goo with us. Good striker. Mitchell was a good goalie. A lot of good players come through at one time. You don't really see a lot of that now, you know, with, with junior kids coming up. You know, and it seems like that. Nah, and that nah, was good. Nah. When we've gone back to Pickering in the second time, we've did well. We beat Taddy twice that year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just you, you might, you might, anyone just might realise who the Tadcaster manager was at the time. <laughs> um, I remember going to one of them actually, and he did a bit of a Mourinho job on you, Marshy. He did, yeah. Sat, sat in and then hit you on the counter. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, same thing when I was Pickering manager to Taddy, did yeah. exactly the same thing and won one nil. <laughs> there you go, there you go. This, the, the, Every time we get a man, I used to shout, taxi! <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the, history, the history between you two is, I mean, so many games you played against each other and then obviously, you know, coaching together as well. And so, Yeah, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot. We, we, could, we could be here all night on it. So, and Jimmy, after you, after you, went, after you went from Pickering, Selby and goal and what have you. Anything else stick out? I, I didn't. I didn't enjoy the goal thing because I'm a bit of a. I didn't find it. It was a good club, but in a bit of disarray, weren't we? We, we would try get into the thing, and there was a lot. It wasn't a sort of. Whereas a lot of the other clubs I've been, it was a steady graduation. Yeah. Whereas this one, it was all fraught for the start to win and try to get into the uni board, wasn't it? Yeah, you're under a bit of pressure straight away. Yeah, we did well in the end. We got in after one or two signings and laddy daddy da. And yeah. we, we got, they told us we got promoted. We beat Glass out in 1 0, didn't we? Yeah. And they told us not, and then they took it away from us. Well, I tell you, the, the last time I probably had a beer with you two in the same room, all, all three of us, yeah. we were probably in Leeds that night celebrating. Well, we, what we thought yeah. we were celebrating. Yeah. We scored the goal in that night. I don't know, Cameron Stewart maybe? No, young Rollinson. Raw Steve oh, Rollo, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Good player he's liked him. He had a lot of potential, did Rollo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He'd run all day and he's he'd run he'd run straight he'd run through brick walls for you as well. I, I remember I remember trying to kick him playing against him and it was just like keep kicking the kid who was just always gonna bounce back. He never said anything, but he was tough he as never tough. Bothered, did he? No, he just took a tackle every time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Marshy, on to you then. So, um, I mean, obviously, the first time I came across you was a skinny 18-year-old from Guernsey, Arrogate Town. Um, and then, I mean, you've, yeah, had, I probably, you've had a few, haven't you? I probably gave you one of your first starts in English football, really, when you came over, you were at St. John's University. You and you came and played. I'd just taken over Arrogate Town Reserve, so it must have been, was it 96 or Something you like did, that. yeah, ninety six, ninety six, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, that's where that's where I started in England. Yeah, and I remember you coming over and asking for a trial and playing, and you played in our reserve team, and we ended up winning a cup. I don't know if you played in the final. We played, beat Beckwith in a cup final, Whitworth cup final. The yeah. first year I was there, and obviously then I, I got pushed into the first team job at still naive and a young age really, but um, it was an experience trying to. Trying to keep a team like Arrogate Town in the Unibond League on three hundred quid a week, it was 
It was a tough gig, really, but we managed really? to finish. We managed to finish fourth bottom and kept them up. Yeah, I think where we'll be now. Been a week at Arrogate Town now. Sorry. So I think the kit man at Arrogate Town's on more than three hundred quid a week now. Yeah, you're probably right, Kev. <laughs> but like I said, you know, the remit was don't finish in the bottom three and keep us up. And yeah. for your first first job in management or your first senior job in management, it was yeah. a, it was a tough ask. I had our Sean with us to help us, but yeah. he was obviously on shifts at Roundtree, so he couldn't make it all the time. But you know, we managed to do it, and we finished fourth bottom. Won the last game at Congleton, where me and Steve Hartley had to go on as subs. 2-0 down, Lee Harper hadn't scored all season, popped up, scored two goals and we won 4-2 and finished fourth bottom, so it was happy days, you know. For unbelievable. A, unbelievable, really, and you think if we'd have gone down, which everybody expected us to, to go down that year, you know, where Harrogate Town would be now, you know, the money might not have come to, you know, to the club. Yeah, I, I, that, that's, it feels that way to me. It feels that way to me. It's, I don't think many people will, will go back to that point in time, but if that had, if they'd gone down then, I'm not sure yeah. it would, would have continued, would it? So they'd, they'd, have gone count, they'd have gone into the counties and they could be exactly like Railway are now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you talk about Railway, I mean, cup run there has got to be one of the highlights there. Yeah, obviously, you know, the two cup runs really, Kev, the, the year before we got to the fourth qualifying round and got beat in the 94th minute against Morecambe. Morecambe yeah. And you think, you know, I was devastated because I thought we were going to get a draw and go to Morecambe. They got a corner and, and their manager was playing hell with them because he was trying to keep it in the corner and as it was, they threw the ball in and they scored the winning goal, which obviously um, devastated me as a person and, and the club because we could have had a nice replay at Morecambe. Yeah. Time. But, you know, I said I said to the Sky, it was Sky Sports. I said to him, "Oh, we'll be back next year. We'll go one further and and you know." Yeah, tongue in cheek. But yeah, tongue in cheek, Kev. Obviously, and and then we got drawn against Whitley Bay, who just won the Vars in the prelim round the following season. Everybody says, "Well, you won't be good. You won't be doing it this year." So, but yeah. rest the rest is history, as they say. Yeah, it's cla- cla- well, unbelievable. Yeah. To get to the third round, I mean, for a step five second, club. Second to, round, Kev. Oh, sorry, sorry, second round, second round, yeah. I wish uh, it was anything. I wish it would have been Leicester away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, okay, so obviously the Harrogate Railway stuff, you know, big stuff. You've had a, a number of promotions. I actually said said before, uh, you know, about the fact that there can't be that many step five managers who've had the number of promotions you've had. I don't know. I've, you know, I've been lucky. I've I've had some great players play for me. You know, I've never had a lot of money or big budgets like a lot of managers seem to have, and I've managed to. You look like you've got money now. You're drinking some real posh beer there, aren't you? It's only Coors Light, mate. Coors Light. Okay, all right. It's a it's an upgrade on on the normal normal Fosters. It's I'm on the milk. <laughs> yeah. Mate, you can I'm get a, milk. twenty-four bottles for a tenner in Asda, mate. Get in there. Get in there, Marsh. Yeah, Jimmy, you stick on that tea. Nothing stronger in there. So can't afford it. <laughs> he, he, listen, got, there's a kit man's job at Arrogate Town going. <laughs> I am. I'm going to be in for that. <laughs> I would. I would. So yes, yeah, so obviously the teams you've had, Marshall, not not massive budgets, but just getting getting the players together, right? Just get good lads together who just want to play for you. I've had so many lads who have played for next to nothing who should have yeah. been playing higher. But they just enjoy the environment that you create. And if you create a good environment for players, 
they'll run through brick walls for you. And Jimmy's done it, and I've done it, and you know we've got we've got success out of it. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I have. I have to say, Jim, Jimmy is probably the most resourceful manager I, I ever came across. Like, I've never known anyone create money for football clubs at the same time as managing and delivering the team talks because he'd be walking down the street and he'd get someone in. It could be a meat draw. It could be a sponsor's board. It could be just a few quid to get another player in. But he'd just bring money in out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere, just with his patter. Never seen anything like it. I, think, I don't think managers these days would be doing the same thing, to be honest. Absolutely, but my first manager at Arrogate Town, Alan Smith, used to do exactly the same thing. He'd be selling meat raffle tickets and all sorts, trying yeah. to sell anything before a game, before he was doing his team talk. He, you know, he was amazing for Arrogate Town, was Alan Smith. He generated so much money. Yeah. I ended up taking him down to railway when I went down there to, yeah. to raise for Harrogate Railway, which he did for us. So. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I've been very lucky, very lucky, Kev. There's only Bridlet in town where I probably didn't have a, a very good time of it. I only lasted about 13 games. Uh, yeah. Well, didn't, win a, didn't win a league game. Had four draws and nine losses. So Pete Smith were sacked me, which was fair enough. I deserved to be sacked. But it was just a tough gig, really, trying to get players to Bridlington on 50 quid. Everybody was on 50 quid at the time. And it's, yeah. it's never trek when you're running sort of New York and Harrogate and Leeds boys to get them across to Brid to play for 50 quid. So Yeah, it's a long way. It's a long way to go over there, for sure, for sure. But, yeah, but you know, good man is Pete Smirthwaite, like one of the best chairmen about, isn't he? Yeah, great man, yeah, great man. He's struggling okay. at the moment because obviously this I is just, financially critical. I was going to ask you before with this conversation, I just think sometimes... Like so we, when me and Brownie were at Pricker in there last time, and I think my budget was 480, and they put it up to 620, and it was the worst thing that happened to us. Yeah. It made quite a lot of people greedy, and the 30 pounds, the 40 pounds wanted 60 quid, the 50 pounds wanted 70 quid. Yeah. And you stood with Jesus with loaves and the fishes, and not enough money <laughs> at the end. Absolutely. I said, we would be better staying on what we had because you knew what you had and like you say, Marcia, they knew what they were getting. Yeah. But it just became a wee bit greedy and it wasn't very nice the first start of the season with that, you know. What 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 would what would either what would you have done, Jimmy, if someone had come along and said, Right, here's two grand a week or you know, what sort of players and how would you have gone about it? Because you you obviously worked you both you both worked with players that like me, for example, who, who probably weren't the weren't the, you know, the superstars and 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 that's and you built good team spirits and stuff. What would you have done if you'd have had shed loads of money? Well, I think you can be spoilt with a lot of it, can't you? Because you bring a player in for two hundred and fifty grand, two hundred and fifty pound a week, yeah. and the fella's still being seventy eight, he's walking off at the end of the game and saying, Oh yeah, I've only got eighty quid, he's got two hundred and fifty in his shite. Yeah. And it's it can cause a lot of problems. I think your leagues are your leagues and your money's what your money is 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 what it is. Yeah. And it's competitive for that league without going too daft. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Well, what, is, what what you did what you did, you know, players would go and play for you two for fifty quid a week that would have been offered hundred down the road. So yeah. in terms of management and what you did, not just dressing room or what have you, but also what you did, you know, that your relationship with the players. I mean certainly for me you know, at the time I, I, when I'm, I'm working with you two, I'm thinking, well, I, I could go somewhere where the fella's horrible 
and he's going to give me another 50 quid. Am I going to enjoy it? Am I going to be with you lot, yeah. at, you know, and, and a group of lads who I knew really well? It wasn't, it, there wasn't even a discussion about it. Yeah. And that was, it, well, you, weren't, you weren't the only one, Kev. There was hundreds like you who have been through our hands. And yeah. they wanted to play for us because we we create a nice environment to play football and have a good laugh with them. Which yeah. Is, yeah. That type, you know, that type of managers. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was good for sure. Okay. One thing I want to ask you both. You both got uh, sons who've played a decent level or played a decent level. Um, what, Jimmy, what was it like for you? I mean, Toshi and Aaron. I mean, Aaron was obviously a YT at York. Toshi probably, in my opinion, he was, well, I, speak, I said to you, I was speaking to Gary Chapman over here. He's a scout for Man United now. And he remembers Toshi as a player who he thought was that level of, you know, on the periphery of professional football, really, and, and probably should have gone pro or could have gone pro. Well, Aaron's picked me up for what the day and brought me home and he's told me to say that he's the best keeper I've ever dealt with. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron was brilliant for me, though, as well, to be fair. Was he? Aaron, 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 Aaron. Aaron, we had a right yeah. relationship together as well and he was one of yeah. my best goalkeepers ever. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron underachieved. Underachieved. For the, yeah. talent, for the talent that he had, he could have achieved more than... I thought Aaron could have played conference football no problem and got a good deal of money at it. Yeah. Thomas, Thomas, I always looked at Thomas and thought he could do better because I thought he had a lot more ability and he didn't use it. And I thought he could have pushed himself more. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And he, he, he did all right. Don't get me wrong. He was a quality player. He could stick a free kick in and cross the ball. And and he's, he's a lovely lad, as you know. He's just like his mum. He's, he's <laughs> <laughs> I thought it's too nice yeah. that, that was Toshi's problem too nice yeah. you know, he had a quality right foot but you know he should have been just a bit more nasty and he'd, he'd have made it in football without yeah. a doubt yeah. I was quality on the ball yeah I once dropped him on a Tuesday night at Pickering and I said I'm leading you out today you're on the bench he was only 17 and maybe 18 he said what's that for and I said well I thought you looked sluggish Saturday well, I said, I don't agree with you. He says, I just don't agree with you. I said, well, look, what are you going to do about it? He says, I'm going to tell my mum to go home. <laughs> yeah, I said, you're still, you're still on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> but was it easy enough to manage him, Jimmy? Yeah, he was, he was neat. He would no bother. Aaron, I felt, I didn't feel under pressure with Aaron, but... He was a wee bit more hyper, I think, Aaron, you know, and a wee bit more... A wee bit? Yeah, but he, he'd, he'd had a few problems in his life which didn't help him. Yeah. And and that sort of escaped onto the football field and he's, the way he was in the football field. You know, I bet he got, he got sent off twice a year, didn't he, at least? Because he couldn't... He just had this little button and you couldn't... He was running it to kick a fella and you could see what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And you would say, no, no, no. Oh, you said, well, yeah. I, I said, I can't remember who, who it was against, but it was for your, your Taddy side. I remember going down to watch and he, he had a brilliant game. Really yeah, assured. He, he, I mean, fantastic. When when the game changed a little bit and goalkeepers had to, had to use their feet a little bit more, he was really composed. You could spray the ball left, right, not these lovely diags around. Real great talker. And he had a brilliant game. And then, you, exactly as you just said, you, I could see it from the other end of the pitch. 
I could see something switch, and he was going to go and do something stupid, and sure enough, he went and cleaned someone out. Off he goes, and he down, you know, down got the gloves, and you knew, you just knew it was going to happen. But I can remember, yeah. I can remember when he did it, Kev, but I can't remember who we were playing. But I was thinking, you know, and exactly, he could see it coming, and he just went straight through somebody. Yeah, yeah, but but so assured. I mean, at like a real top level performance before that, it was just you know like night and day really. But uh, well, yeah. He could play centre half as well, so he used to like you like the ball and heading the ball. He was a good header of the ball, so yeah. nothing, nothing ever phased down. Yeah, he's fat. He's 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 a daft lad. He's a daft lad. No sense, no feeling. He's a goalkeeper. Like and he's... <laughs> and he, he liked to ta- he liked to tackle. Yeah, he liked to tackle. He was a bit like you, Kev. <laughs> Love that. Mate, there's nothing wrong with that. Not, if, if you can't, if you're not very really good with the ball, then you've got to do something else to catch the eye. Haven't you? Tackle with his head, though. <laughs> <laughs> Look out! Look out, people. So, uh, and, and Marcy, what about Charlie? Charlie's a bit younger, um, but I've seen, I've seen he, he's, he's progressing gradually through, and, and seems yes, to be. Slowly, to yeah. I've always said he's like two years behind his age group, really, and yeah. I think now. I've been I've been mightily impressed with what he's done over the last few weeks for for Gareth. It's just a shame, you know, this has happened and the season's been cut short because, you know, the last game we played at Grimsby, the second half, he scored a goal and created two. And you know, I'm thinking he's he's a decent player. He's six foot three, six foot four now, but he's got so much ability. I don't know where the hell he got that from because you know I just used to edit and kick it as well, a bit like you, Kev, but just yeah. I mean, like, but really, but he's got so much ability, and hopefully he can progress on that. And I think I think he'll play a little bit higher. I, I, went, I, went, I went and watched him play for Torshi's team three years ago, and only watched twenty minutes because uh, I can't remember. I had to come away, and I came home and I, I, I told my sister Toshi, he can play that kid. He said that's Marshy's lad. <laughs> so she's joking. <laughs> and I told you, didn't I? I told you the other year if he got himself yeah, fit. Yeah. And, and that's I've every- I think I've told everybody for years he's just always been small. He was smaller than everybody, Kev, until yeah. 16. And then between 17 and 19, he grew from 5 foot 5 to 6 foot 2. Yeah. It's it's immense. You know, he's, he's a big lot he's, he's just going to grow. I mean, look, he, uh, from what I've seen, I mean, I. You know, I haven't seen him in the, in the, in the flesh for three years now. But what I've seen, uh, uh, footage of him and some of the some of the footage of the games, he looks like he's got the scope, like you say, just to just to keep just to keep going, just to keep going. And you never know how far he could go. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I hope so. You know, I, I've seen a lot of players, and uh, it's not just because he's my son that I think I've always said you've got the technical ability, which is you, yeah. you're never going to lose that technical ability once you've got it. You don't lose it. Yeah. You just get slower and slower as you get older. You know, Jimmy will tell you that. He had the technical ability and you could just carry on using your technical ability until you can't yeah. run anymore. Yeah. And he got that. And I says, once you grow into your body, you'll be as good a player. You'll, you'll play higher than counties football. I know he will. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, okay. Right, let's move on to a bit of York football and talk about the, the, the king of York football, Jim Collis. So to start off with, on a slightly somber note, Jim is is not well now. We've talked about him on this on this a couple of weeks ago with uh, Mikey Morton, and um, you know our, our best wishes. I'm sure I speak on behalf of all three of us. Go to Jim's family and Jim himself because he's, uh, he's he's struggling health wise now with dementia. Um, but um, I'm sure whenever people think about Jim Collis, they think they're probably 
two things. One of, of the success he had and two of the daft things he used to say. So we'll probably do both, cover both. But to start off with, uh, I mean, what, Marcy, what, uh, Jimmy, we'll come on to you because you've got, I know you've spent a lot of time with Jim as his skipper and what have you, but Marcy, what, what are your, your, your memories of Jim? Because from my point of view, both of you two have been slagged off the high, high hell by Jim for nicking his players when I was, when I was around. And, 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 and if one week it wasn't Jimmy Reid, then the next week it'd be, it'd be Paul Marshall, I tell you. Um, oh, as, much, as much as you, I'm sure he liked you both, but um, that, that, those are my first memories of the pair of you in, uh, in context to Jim. Well, it's, that's, just, that's just football, isn't it, at different levels. Yeah. You know, as a manager, managers come and pinch our players when, when, when they're doing well. We go, I go and look at York and District players, same as Jimmy did, and, yeah. you know, I've got, I got Matt Watkinson and Stevie Adam from, from Round Trees at the time, yeah. where Jimmy was fuming that I was taking it out. Kev Smith as well. So yeah. I've, I have pinched a few players from Round Trees, but that's what you do in football when you when when you want to progress a player. I've never stopped a player from moving on, um, and I don't think any manager should if you want yeah, to see I mean, a player progress. I, I, I say it in jest, Marshy, because he, he, you know, he, he was, it was always just... Like you say, just a football in common. It was never, you know, what yeah. Jim, Jim was like. Yeah. You know, you know Jim, Jim Collis was the best York and District manager ever. Yeah. You know, how many trophies did he win when Jimmy was playing and punch ball and what have you? You know, my early days playing for the civil service on a Saturday and a Sunday morning, especially against punch ball. There were some good, you know, good good players and good teams in those early days. What the Jim? You know, we we oh, started. Great players from Cross Keys and what have you, and Hounds, yeah. Bay Horse, big focus yeah. team, you know, you, the, oh, there was, Cross Keys used to love playing again, but yeah. all that Sunday league was a very competitive league, and I, I thought, at a certain time in, in, in our lives, it was a better league than the Saturday league, because we were winning the Saturday league by Christmas for three or four years in the trot, and it wasn't a competitive league, but the Sunday morning one was. Yeah, yeah, but there were all there were a lot of counties players playing Sunday morning football, weren't there? Yeah, yeah. Well, but they Bob, Bob Mason and Clive Mullall and people yeah, like that. Yeah, Mason, all these boys, Tony Watlin. Uh, yeah, there were some uh, great players. Yeah, yeah. Who, yeah I mean, who's the boy? Who's the boy? It's the racing trainer now, Clive Mullall. Clive Mullall, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah. There were some. There were some good teams, and and obviously Jim Jim Collis won a lot of trophies with with mm. his team with Punchball and what have you. But I mean, there were always competitive games yeah. nearly every week, every Sunday morning. I'd, I'd come through from Harrogate to play on a Sunday morning uh, just because it was a good competitive standard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I was amazed. I mean, coming coming from Guernsey, Guernsey has, has Sunday football that, that is real Sunday football. I mean, they're not they're not really footballers, if you know what I mean, or they did yeah. at, that, at that time. And, um, and the first time Coxie took me to punch ball, I played and I couldn't believe the standard, the intensity, the amount of people that were on the sideline. I mean, it was it was yeah. proper, proper football. And I thought, to be honest, there was a time, I agree with you, Jimmy. I mean, you know, some of those punch ball teams would have beaten decent North East Counties sides at, at, at the time, I thought, because th there was probably six or seven lads picking up good money on a Saturday. And the way that that team played under Jim, a bit back to what we were saying before about getting a good team spirit and just... When that happens, you can tell they play well together. I, I, I was amazed at the standard of football, and I think a lot of people think Sunday football's not up to much because they they see Sunday football now with six teams in a league and you know games being called off. But 
you know, 25, 30 years ago, those leagues were incredibly competitive. And to be honest, I mean, Stefan Zoll, for example, I'm sure he said to me he used to pick up more money on a Sunday in Bradford than he did when he was picking up 1,700 quid on a Saturday. Who was that? Stefan Zoll. Yeah, yeah. Some teams in that Bradford league were getting well paid, yeah, on a Sunday. Really well. Loads of arrogant lads used to go to play in uh, Bradford league. Yeah. Getting well paid. Yeah. Manny Manny and Mills, one of the decent teams there. I think that's who he used to play for. Yeah, yeah. But you look now, Harrogate, when I was when I started managing at Harrogate Catholic Club, that was my first club as a manager, player manager. I ended up, you know, managing them before I went to Harrogate Town. And then all of a sudden there's no leagues in Harrogate now, no Sunday morning football in Harrogate. There's one there's one team, Atlanta, who play in the York League apparently. Yeah. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Unbelievable. Yeah, it was six leagues. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. So, so, so on on, on Jim, what? Um, who 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 would you say the best player who, who played for Roundtree's was, Jimmy? Who's the best player over the years? Because I mean, a lot of people talk about the likes of Charlie Howarth and yourself. Got a good few mentions and probably. Um, Bruffy, Paul Bruff, I never saw him play, but he, he never showed up about Bruffy. Neil Grayson, maybe. Uh, who, who went to Cheltenham and had a really good career as a pro game. And, and, yeah, Andy, Andy Leenan. Yeah. Keeper John John Rowe, a good keeper. Jimmy Hodgson, great footballer. Hodge, the left peg to die for. Yeah. Big Steve Faulkner at centre half. He was a quality boy. I think the toughest fella I've ever seen play at Roundtree's was Chris Wadsworth. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's the only fella I played with. He's the cuts man that used to come at the game room. You know the bottles of the cuts fella? He used to be stood there in the ice bucket. He he killed me. Chris Wadsworth killed me because, because I didn't score from every corner when I went up for a header. I just got compared to him because it, apparently a corner was almost as good as a goal with Chris Wordsworth because he was so good in the air. He's you know a centre half who could just go and score you 15, 20 goals a season with his head. I, uh, I'll, go, I'll go back to when me and Chris Wordsworth were 15 or 16 playing for York Schoolboys against yeah. Barnsley Schoolboys and a corner came in and he edited it from 18 yards and it flew in the top corner. And, yeah. I, and I thought to myself, He's edited it harder than I can kick the ball. <laughs> unbelievable. I acted and he oh. just up and he edited the ball in the top corner and I went, wow, yeah. he can edit harder than I can kick but, it. But, but, but some of them players who played for Jim would play for York or York's reserves one day we and then play for Jim the next one day. Two seasons we played for York City reserves. There was about seven of us every week. We were turning up and we used to pay as a tenner for playing. And we spend twenty quid in the clubhouse after. Great, brilliant, brilliant. You can exercise it, please. And then we'll say, "How much did you get for playing?" I said, oh, "They didn't pay us this week, love." <laughs> didn't Falky play for the first team, though, Jimmy? Sorry. Didn't Steve Falcon play for the first team? At York. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He played. He, he left York, and then he came, and he went to like a lot of them did. Went to Roundtree's factory and... Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they ended up with the fireman with your brother. Yeah, they did, yeah. It was a good... Fo- he, 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 let me tell you this, his brother was a good football, Marcy's brother. Oh, he's 
Brilliant. A lot better than, better. Lot better better than somebody else in this trio. It's <laughs> <laughs> all about you. I know, I know. It's all about you. I know. Yeah, Sean, yeah, Sean was a good player, obviously. He, he played at Wembley three times, obviously. He played yeah. a lot of games for Scarborough in, in the 70s. So, yeah, I, I love those days going to Scarborough week in, week out to watch him. It, that was my start of my non-league footballing career. Watched him score a goal against Crystal Palace in the FA Cup, against yeah. Preston, Preston North End in the FA Cup, and then scoring the winning goal at Wembley in extra time against Stafford Rangers. Yeah. So that was the start of me getting involved in non-league football, watching watching my brother. So and then play and then playing for him at Frickley. And then I played for yeah. My 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 fame really is three games at Conference when the minus strike was on away at yeah. Bangor. Away at Barrow and away at Maidstone. There's my three games. Stevie Daniels got sent off. I was just about to go on at Barrow. And it, no, Bangor in Wales, North Wales. And he's leathered this kid, got sent off. And Sean was about to put me on. And he goes, you better go look after Danny because all these Welsh fans were going to kill him. So yeah. I had to go down the tunnel and march, get him into changing room. Never got on. at the. So I went all the way to Bangor, sat there, never got on. But I got on at Barrow. Uh, Maidstone, I can say I played conference or the old conference division for yeah. and that was a that was a that was a tough league from from what I'm, I'm told. I mean, you know, any well, any time you go, you've been frickly over the last 20, 30 years, it's it's a, it's a tough place to go anyway. But uh, you uh, you probably were set up for it. But I, I think when I read Stuart Pearce's book about when he was at Wealdstone in the uh, in the old conference, yeah, it sounded like a bloody battle. Sean was manager there when they played Wilson and um, well, Vinnie Jones was playing for somebody else at the time and used to start on some of, some of the minors and none of them were for, worried about Vinnie Jones in those days and yet he became no. one of the hardest players around. Yeah. John tells a story. They all well, just, to be honest, he was just another midfielder who wanted to go around kicking people then, wasn't he? Absolutely, and there was plenty of them around. Yeah. When, yeah. when we had that good team at Roundtrees that year we were all playing for the Rezies and that we went through the season undefeated on the Saturday we dropped two points but on our last game of the season we played Scarborough in the North Riding Cup final at Scarborough now they, I think it used to be called you may be telling me different it used to be called the Gola League then it was the Gola League yeah. Yeah. yeah and we played them at Scarborough in the final and they beat us 4-2 and I tell you now, if we were fitter that day, we would have beat them, and that's how good a team we had uh, at the time. The only thing that let us do was with fitness. Yeah, yeah. Well, that shows how good how good the standard was for oh, sure. Quality, quality. Tommy Stanley played. Yeah. Tommy, Tommy was the top player. You know, Martin Rogers, big Tatterton at Park. Henry Britton played great centre half, great sweeper operator. You know. Yeah, yeah, decent was, side. quality boys. Decent side, decent side. So, so, so on, on Codman then. Um, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say, I'm, I'm gonna just put one funny one in, and and if you've got any funny ones, then, then throw them in there, and then we'll move on. But he, he always, he, he, well, he always used to, he, he'd get into the changing room and he'd say, "Bloody Kev Graham, I've been trying to get hold of him all week." So you haven't been trying to get hold of me. He says, "Yeah, I left a message on your Wi-Fi." 
so, so obviously everyone's in stitches there, and I mean, look, I could go on, I could go on, but that's that's the kind of thing that he, and he'd say it deadpan, and then carry on to the next thing, and everyone would just be curled up, just absolutely increases and or creased up in there. Unbelievable, he's way too many. I don't know if you 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 you, you two have got any that you remember him saying. Jimmy will know more than me because he played for him for a long time. <laughs> He said one day, he said, Jimmy, try some of their diangular balls. <laughs> said, don't you mean don't you mean diagonal? He said, yeah, try some of them as well. <laughs> what did you used to say, Kev? His team talk, defenders defend, midfielders create, attackers score. That was it, every week. Every yeah. week. Every week, well, at the end of the day, he'd say, he'd say something like, oh, all that shit that's gone on, that's all bridge under water. Which obviously everyone would be pissed themselves at to start off with. And then he'd go in and he'd say, anyway, today, defend, defend, midfielders create, attack and score goals. Out you go. That was it. Brilliant. What a man. What a man. We anyway, came in and we were getting a bit tuned on at Round Trees. And we came in and I was raging. And we came in and we were sitting down and they're getting the cups of tea. And I started effing and jeffing. Well, I lost it. I lost it for 10 minutes. And just at that, the bell rang for us to go back out. And Jimmy shouts, Oi, oi, don't forget what Riddy told you. Which is Jim at half time. That's class, that's classy, yeah. What a man, what a man, I think. Um, you see, yeah. just to finish on Jim, if Andy was ever in, poorly or in hospital, I always went to see them and I always maybe took flowers for his wife and I always give you a couple of quid. Yeah. I always give you a fiver and if you were out in the night out and you were skinned and you borrowed fiver, he wouldn't take it back off you. Oh, man, I, I just, I, I mean, I, my missus used to say, I saw Jim out in town again tonight and that's, she he used to go out more than, more than us lads who were 30, 40 years younger than him. Oh, when I started ta when I started taxiing every Friday and Saturday night, you'd see him walk into town and maybe get a taxi back home every week. And he always had a signing on form for everybody. Yeah, he had a signing on form for players, and he was still he was still grafting away as well, grafting away, you know, chuck out time, unbelievable. Anyway, he did well the last. Um, he did well the last all that year with that same colour hair as well, by the way. I don't. I, I, I don't know if they had just for men back in the 60s, but he was probably using it then if they did. And to be fair to Paul James at Taddy Albion, who's been trying to set up this charity game, and it's been obviously postponed quite a few times, but yeah. PJ, you know, he played for me at Taddy, well, he played for yeah. Taddy for a long time, uh, and obviously Jim Collis managed him there at, at Taddy, and he's yeah. worked at extremely hard to try and get a game of football on to raise money for Jim's family, so... Hopefully, yeah. when we when we finally manage to get that game on, it'll be well well supported and. Top man, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned it. I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah, anyone anyone who's who's listening, please um, please look out for that. When when we get back to normality after this coronavirus crisis, there will be a, a charity game at Taddy um, to to raise funds for Jim's family. So, yeah, thanks for mentioning that, Marshy. Uh, okay, so we're going to come on just to just to you know we've probably got another 10, 15 minutes or so, fellas. I want to talk about how the game's changed because you two have been in the game longer than me. Let's just leave it at that. All right, you're a bit older than me. What, what? I mean, what are the big things that you've seen that have, you know, the the big things that stand out for you about the way the game's changed in the last last you know 15, 20 years? Well, 
Football doesn't change a great deal. It's just coaches overcomplicate things, Kevin. You've got a lot of new modern-day coaches who they all want to play out from the back. And yeah. It's great if you've got the players who can play from the back, but why do teams carry on playing from the back when they keep having the ball taken off them and conceding goals? I yeah. just don't get it. Yeah. You know, you've got to understand who, you, who your players are, what they're capable of, and play to a system that suits the players. Not yeah. a system that you think is the way to play football. Unless you've got the best players in the world and you can coach them day in, day out to do it. Yeah. And bear in mind, you're still, you're still managing Step 5 football. You're still seeing this week in, week out or, or regularly. I'm seeing it more and more now from young managers coming through in our level. Yeah. And, you know, it's great that they're all doing the coaching badges and they're all learning from Pep Guardiola and what have you. But unfortunately, yeah. when you play football... Northeast Counties level, you don't play on perfect pitches. Yeah. You, don't, you don't have four and five days with players each week. You have an hour or two hours yeah. a week with, with your players. You can't do a lot in one or two hours coaching a week. Yeah. So you've got to set your team up correctly to win a game of football. But yet, yeah, play, I've seen it this season. You've got a 50 mile an hour wind blowing into the faces and they're trying to play out and all I've done is press high up the field, took the, won the ball back and created problems for them. And you think, yeah. why'd you keep doing it? Yeah. And teams keep doing it and, and that's the way they want to play, which is fine, but it's not going to bring them success at our level. Yeah, yeah. Nice. No, it's, it's a good point. I mean, I think what's, what I find interesting now is maybe seven or eight years ago when I, when I was sort of coaching and... and had me head in books a bit too much probably and I was too focused on sessions and I was too focused on concepts and tactics and whatever. I think at that time the whole world was starting to, you know, all these young coaches are coming through and, and talking, talking, you know, about the same type of things that you're, you're talking about there. But I've seen the same coaches now come full circle. So when they've got a bit higher, they've realised and, and some of the concepts that you've just mentioned there, it's true. You can't. You, you have to play to the pitch. If yeah. you're if you're playing on a pitch that's you know let's say in, in May time and it's bobbly as hell and, and bone bone hard and dusty, and you're trying to play the ball around the back and you keep losing it because you can't get the ball under control, you probably need to use a bit of common sense and adapt and maybe go go play but play a little bit closer to their goal rather than your own. And yeah. some of the some real top coaches that I, I've spoken to in recent years have just said I used to get a bit too focused on doing that and I've realised that the simplicity of the game it doesn't change as you say it's still one ball and two goals absolutely yeah what it about you Jimmy? Me, it makes me laugh how I think Liverpool have been so successful with what they what they do yeah because they go they go forward more than anybody else yeah they get crosses in more than anybody else but you watch not slagging them but Man City and Arsenal and you know, I went and took the dog for a 20 minute walk the other day and they were five yards further than they were when I went out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it, to me, it's about progression. Yeah. You've got, you've got people that likes of Sterling. And Sterling, for me, with all his skill and ability, isn't a very good player because you never see him go by people. Yeah. Got Sterling playing, I know he scores loads of goals, but I think I would score goals at Man City if I played up with Aguero. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you see that it says pass, 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 and I, I don't like watching it. No, no. I like no. watching it 
for the you know Guardiola himself would say the best pass is the one that gets you nearest to the goal. He would still say that. Yeah. But it has to be you've got to keep control of the ball and you've got to have options with the next pass after that. So you know I think there's sometimes they get like people will watch it and say, well, he's only passing, he's only passing, he's only bothered about passing sideways, and maybe you know that the, they still get the ball forward just in a different way. But I think every coach out there still wants to get the ball forward. It's just the control that they apply, and some of them take it too far. I mean, I, what, what you're mentioning there, Marshy, that I remember playing, at, uh, sorry, coaching at Whole Road Rangers a couple of years ago, and or what. Uh, sorry, Old Road Rangers Old Ground, Dean Park. It was, another, it was East Yorkshire Carnegie or something yeah. like that. And, and the centre-half started on the goal line. They started on the goal line. And so they weren't going anywhere with that first pass apart from sideways and further away. That's actually further away from where they want to get, get to. Now, yeah. that's fine if they've got good enough players and a good enough surface, but if you've ever played at Dean Park, you'll know the surface in the George Bay. And, and they, they just kept on losing the ball. And it, it, exactly what you just said there, pal, it, it, you know, it just didn't really make sense. But it looked like it was kind of like straight out of the book. It wasn't out of the real world. It was just out of the book. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, yeah. it's great when it comes off. But, you know, you've got to look at the percentages. How many times is that going to come off when you can play from centre-half all the yeah. way through at northeast Counties level? It doesn't happen very often. Doesn't no. happen at all. Most Agreed. goals are scored. Most goals are scored through set pieces or mistakes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mistakes is massive at that at that level. You're going to get mistakes, so you just you know. But it's it's funny that he's, what you just said though. Before you pressed high, well, pressing high is is a, is a a big favourite of a lot of modern coaches. You know, they yeah. talk about pressing as a concept that's new. It's not new at all, is it? We we all know it's new, but. It's funny that you're talking about another relatively, you know, a, a fashionable concept to counteract another co concept, if you see what I mean. Well, one of the best managers I've ever managed against is obviously managing at Brighton now, Graham Potter. Yeah. And he's a great advocate for playing out from the back. And when he managed, you know, you've got Chris Wilder and you've got Graham Potter who started managing in the North East Counties. North East Counties, yeah. Well, a lot of people know that, but obviously Graham Potter was at Leeds Carnegie and... Um, Wilder was at Alfreton. Alfreton. They won everything at Alfreton yeah. that year when he was player manager. Yeah. But they've both gone on now to be two successful Premier League managers. Yeah. And one of them plays a certain style of football, and Wilder plays a different style of football. Yeah. But yet, I managed against them both, and I managed to. When I, I played a two-four-four against Graham Potter at Leeds Carnegie, because all they wanted to do. Was pass it out from the back. Yeah, so you and just press. You put more. You put more, more people in advanced positions. And, and at the time, it was four four. Everybody played four four two generally. Yeah. So I just said we're going to play two four four because they won't they won't kick it long. Yeah. So we just pushed our two wide men on the two centre forwards. Stopped the, and we we eventually won the game one nil. We never had the ball very often, but we yeah. won the game one nil. And I thought, well, it's no good if you have the ball all the time. You can't do. It. And we drew at Taddy one one with them. And ultimately, we got promoted. I know they would have done Woodley's Carnegie, but they had a three-point deduction. But at the end of the day, he was he was a great coach, and that's where he learned his trade in the northeast counties, playing football. Though. Yeah, but but I think I think that that highlights just you know you can still you can coach at that level, and you can coach at the Premier League, 
of course, you learn more about the, the higher levels you go. I mean, I, I'll talk about the likes of, you know, obviously Danny Cowley is, is, is another one who I talk about quite a lot. And, you know, you ask him, he'd say the same thing. In step five football, you've got to find a way to win a football match. And as you go higher, you adapt to different different environments and different the different quality of player and, you know, all the other things. But ultimately, you've got to just find the best way to win a football match. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it just? The Man City thing against Sheffield United, and I like I like the two managers there you spoke about because there's a lot of honesty about them. Mm -hmm. when, when they're talking to Telly after, honesty comes out, you know, and, and that's the way Chris Wilder says that there's no use me doing that trying win a game because I can't do that with my players. Yeah. But he can do whatever he does, what he does best. Yeah. Putting people in the and trying to win games and get in areas and get in the box. Yeah. And that's the way you win games. You can never win it like that. Yeah, they never have seen seventeen. Although the last goal they did score, they didn't do it. But a lot of their balls are a bit like Liverpool. They get it forward, get it in the box, and try and get people on the end of it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's it's not right, it's no, as you say, it's the winning formula. Formula you want, and the teams that's got the winning formula with a good football played like Liverpool, it's it's great to watch. Yeah. Okay. So, just to finish off on, we just talked about two managers who, who, who've coached in North East Counties football. Are there any other managers that have caught your eye over the years that you, re you were just really, really impressed with, Jimmy? I always liked John Reid. Other than Marcy. Other than Marcy. I've always liked Marcy because I've always had a soft spot for him. And I've always liked him. After you've been there. He's the second best picker and manager that's here tonight. <laughs> I, listen, I thought I, I, we've got to nearly an hour and you two have played really nicely. Listen, I'm not much funny. Hey, I've still got a statue at Pickering for winning North, the North Riding Cup. He only got promoted. <laughs> I only got promoted, yeah. Well, well, John Reed, because. <laughs> uh, no. Go on, go on. So, so Jimmy, other, other than Marshy, you know that. <laughs> other, other than other than Marshy, what what other managers over the year that you've years of, that you've come across have you really been impressed with? Can you remember I any? Like, that I like Reedy. I got on all right, very well with Reedy. John Reed, yeah. I like Neil Aston. I got on all right with him, and I got on all right with the other old fella, Mick Higgin, Mick. Mick Hennigan. Hennigan. I liked a young lad at Brig House, Paul, is he now oh, yeah. Taddy? Taddy now, yeah. Paul Quinn. Yeah, I liked him. But you see, all I used to do before the game was go into the opposite tea room and drink tea and I used to leave it to Brownie, so I've never seen a lot of managers. <laughs> no red wine. No red wine with them afterwards, hobnobbing like Ferguson. Not me, no, no. And Marshy was a good manager, but he never, he never had a lot of success again, me, did you? Oh, yeah. enough. Carry on, Kev, go on. He, listen, listen, what we'll, what we'll do is we'll say that you, you're Mourinho, all right, and he's Guardiola who builds things over time. So we'll leave it at that. I've had, to build, I've had yeah. to build five or six teams, haven't I, over the years? You, you have, you have, you've, you've, you've grafted. To be fair, pal, you've grafted. So, Marcy, what about you? Managers that you've come up against that, that you re have really impressed me over the years. Quinny was one. Obviously, Graham Potter was one when he was yeah. at Leeds Carnegie. 
Um, do, you, do you remember what Wilder was like at Alfreton? Yeah, because I actually played in the last game of the season. There was 700, 700 there. We were going on our end of season due to Chester. Yeah. And we got told we had to play the final game against Alfreton on the Friday night because the league had finished. Yeah. They were getting promote, they were getting the the championship and everything. We arrived at Alfreton. I said to the lads, look, if you if you want to go to Chester, you'll go to Chester. We'll just I got a team there. And when we got there, there was eleven of us, including me and Mark Smitheringale, coach. Yeah. Danny Ames got lost. So there's eleven of us. They said, Marsh, you're gonna I'm gonna have to play this. So I've had to play a left back. Ryan Francis playing right wing and Wilder's playing right back. Oh. I am kidding. Ryan France then left in the summer to go to... Yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm playing my last game at North East Counties in front of 700, having Wilder and Ryan France running down... Right against, against the kid who's going to, go, going to be a Premier League footballer in a couple of years' time. Absolutely. So <laughs> we were losing 1-0 at half-time and Danny Ames turned up, so I, I decided to walk off at half-time. <laughs> what was he like, Wilder? Do you remember? Pardon? What was he like? Just exactly the same as you see on camera? No, he was a bit. He was a bit cocksure of himself. He actually told us when he when he, he did something, he went shows you medals, which I was very surprised. Really? Yeah. Oh, he's got a bit big time. It went a bit big time. Yeah. So yeah, it was a funny one because Kev Smith reminded him of it when Kev scored a goal in second half. He goes shows you medals now, mate. Oh, quality. It was, it was a good, it was a good last game. So I do remember him, and he was a quality right back as well. And obviously him and Ryan France and Alfred and won the league, but. Yeah, he's, he's gone on to be an amazing manager. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't think of a manager I like more than Premier League. He's, no. he's class. He's yeah, absolutely. And if it works for Jurgen Klopp, he's got to be manager of the season. Yeah, yeah, for me. For me yeah. I'll, tell, I'll tell you what I did like him when the young goalie Henderson made the boo-boo. Yeah. And he he didn't give a bit of He just said, look, it's his job to stop the ball going in the bloody net. And that's yeah. it. And everybody was thinking, everybody was saying and Danny Murphy and that on the Saturday night. He was a bit abrupt in that and, and he, he wasn't like, he just, nah, that's the way it is, mate. But you, you play for a manager. I'd play for a manager like that. I mean, maybe kids these days wouldn't, I don't, I don't know. But, but I think even, even kids these days, if you know what you're going to get from a manager, you know how honest and transparent he is and he isn't going to two-face yeah. you and he's not going to tell you one thing and then slag you off to someone else. If he's gonna if he's gonna say that in front of everyone and then he's he's gonna do his best to back you up, I don't think you can yeah. go wrong. There's another manager who I respect at the moment in time who's really, really unlucky not to have been promoted, obviously with this league being finished, is Brett Marshall. Who's yeah. done it, he's done it the right way at Stavely. Um they've not paid big money out and they try and try and play in a decent way to win a game of football. It's not long ball, it's not short ball, it's it's a bit of both. Yeah. Did it, he did it at Retford years ago when the when they went bankrupt and he carried on. I, 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 went, I went to watch a game for Jimmy actually at Retford when he was a manager there and they were they were a top side then. Um, and and yeah, he, he, I mean, look, I, I admire, I think we've talked about it before, pal, I admire Stavely as a football club and I know he's, yeah. he has an awful lot to do with that, he's, he's the, the, probably the big influence there. Um, but that, that place is, you know, smartened up, unreal, and, hasn't it, over the years? And they've and built off the pitch, 
they've not thrown money at the players and they've no. you know, sustainable. I, I think it's a terrific model for other clubs they to look did, at. They did early doors and they realised it was the wrong model to go down. They were trying to throw money at it. Terry yeah. Downs is a great chairman as well. Um, yeah. They threw a load of money at it and it didn't work. And then they thought, well, we'll go, we'll go back to basics. And they yeah. brought Brett in and Paul Ward as uh, his assistant. Yeah. They've been amazing. They've just built slowly, slowly without over budgeting. And I feel sorry for them that they're not going to get promoted because they've done it the right way. I, I, I do, but but my my guess is they'll carry on. They're not. It's not like they've thrown a load of, load of money, at, like we say, and then then players get disinterested. If if they've built it the way I think they have, yeah. then the players are just it's just momentum, and they'll just keep going, won't they? Yeah, and they're looking to get a four G pitch there. So that it's very community based, and yeah. you know they've got a good club running there. So yeah. you know I do feel a bit for them at this moment in time. Obviously, yeah. there's a lot of clubs I'm worried about now because they've thrown that much money at it this year to try and get promoted. You know, in both step six and step five, and I just hope they haven't ruined the clubs because there's a lot of clubs need to have a rethink about what they've done with the money this year and whether they can afford to do it again next year to get promoted. You know, yeah. you need to you need to really think about and go back to basics and start afresh and not pay players stupid money at North East Counties level. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's mad, it's mad, it's mad. It's, some people that can't kick them off 40 yards, you give them 70 quid. Oh, yeah. Jimmy. It's crazy. Some of, them are on, some of them are on 200, 300 pound in North East Counties and you're like, are you having my life? They're not. Yeah. Even, they're not even good players, and they're getting a lot of money. Yeah. You know, they would never. They would never have got that type of money if I'd have been the manager. That is for sure. There should be a cap in counties football to a hundred pounds. Yeah. Well, when, we, just, uh, when when I was playing the league with Stephen Zoli, he was on thirty pound a week. Yeah. Travelling through the leagues with Gary Chapman. Yeah. 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 And it could have been a ten Yeah. He was he was a hell of a player, Stefan, hell of a player. But um, no, I mean, look, we'll finish we'll finish on that, fellas. But that that sustainability of football clubs is so important, and, and I, I agree with you, pal. This is like it's going to kind of accentuate that problem massively now, isn't it? Without the income for games, without people getting promoted when they thought they were going to get that promotion, and therefore the return on investment, I I, I do fear for clubs, and uh, well, ultimately. You know, if you run your club sustainably, you shouldn't just like a business. You know, not all businesses. Don't get me wrong. Some businesses are just unfortunately going to go to the, go to the wall because of this. But um, you know, if if you run a football club and you're overspend, you're going to get you're going to get burnt at some stage, aren't you? So anyway, gents, um, it's been a pleasure. Um, I I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to control you two and run with school kids, um, and uh, it's, been, it, it's actually gone pretty well. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of people out there who are really going to enjoy hearing you two talk about the game, seeing you two on the same on the same call, um, and I've really enjoyed it. So thank you to both of you. And uh, me, me, me and Jimmy speak to each other all the time. I give him lifts, he gives me lifts. We're, we're best of pals, aren't we, Jim? Yeah. I know. What I always, Kevin, what I always say in March years, I don't when he gives me a lift and he turns in that taxi. First thing I say is turn the meter off. And then when I get out at the other side, I say to him, I don't want to offend you and offer you any money. Are you Scottish by any chance? Sorry? Are you Scottish by any chance? Okay. I've been round tonight to see Ruby in Sydney. 
And I can't I can't go in and see them, so I've gone to the window of the house like this is what I've done. Can you read that? No, says, I, can't. I think it's in Scottish. I am missing you. Ah. Uh, Ruby and Sydney. But don't worry, it's pocket money day. <laughs> it's cost me 25 quid in pocket money. James, <laughs> you must have been spewing. You must have been spewing. Every week. I give it every week. Ah, mate, mate. There's a soft There's a soft side to that big tough man. There's a soft side. Yes, to yes. Yeah, soft there's, Hi, hi. Listen, thanks very much, fellas. Really, really enjoyed it. I think yeah, everyone really enjoyed it. it. Well, um, take care of yourselves. Yeah, look after yourself over there as well, mate. Thanks, Marcy. Top man. Cheers, pal. Cheers. Cheers, Marsh. All the best. Take care, boys. Bye. Bye. Turn it off.